0: Good morning. Okay, what's going on? All right. So again, good morning, and welcome to First Mennonite on this dreary yet still beautiful day that God has blessed us with. Um, we've been blessed to be able to see it. There are some that won't we'll see today for various reasons. So. TODAY'S MESSAGE, I BELIEVE THAT um, PRAYER HAS GONE FORTH THIS MORNING, BECAUSE TYPICALLY I WOULD PRAY BEFORE I PREACH, BUT I THINK I HAVE ALREADY BEEN FILLED WITH ENOUGH PRAYER. WELL, NOT EVER ENOUGH, BUT I THINK I'VE HAD SOME TODAY THAT WILL SUSTAIN ME TO GET THROUGH THIS. Um, THE MESSAGE, TO BE WISE OR TO BE FOOLISH, THE STRUGGLE. THE CHOSEN TEXT FOR TODAY IS A SUGGESTION FROM THE Linton RESOURCES PROVIDED COURTESY OF Mennonite EDUCATION AGENCY. It is this resource which prompts our weekly Linton um, altar display. And so this week, a scroll was added. And God pursues us with words of love. God gave us commandments to follow so we could rest in the giver of life. When the world pulls us in different directions, let's circle back to the path that, that directs us toward God. We may stumble and fall, but God is there to guide us. The scroll represents the Ten Commandments are reminders of God's great love for us as we journey together on the path set before us, which leads us to First Corinthians and today's message titled, To Be Wise or To Be Foolish, The Struggle. This title emerged as I read the text over and over again, seeking understanding, seeking what to share. And as I studied, I was drawn to the beginning of the chapter. And if you are familiar with the Apostle Paul, bear with me while I briefly share with those who may not know him like we do the apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee named Saul that persecuted Christians. And while on the road to Damascus, Saul had an encounter with Jesus and converted to Christianity and became known as Paul. Now, Paul wrote many letters to converted Christians that are included in the Bible. And in, his, and in this particular encounter with Jesus, he was told that he would be a messenger of the Gospel. And Paul walked out that vision preaching to Gentiles. And this is just a very brief description of who the apostle Paul was. But I share this to say that in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, verse 1, the scripture reads, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Now, I point this out to say that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. But while Paul studied Jewish law, he did not study to teach it to others. He studied in school, as we all do as youth growing up. Yet it was his belief in faith that motivated him to preach the message of the gospel and all because of that one encounter with Jesus. Paul's call to be a disciple, apostle, follower of Jesus Christ, did not occur such as the 12 disciples that we are familiar with. His call came through a vision when he saw the ascended Christ. After Christ's death, he chose Paul, a prosecutor, to stop, pro- stop persecuting... I'm sorry, a persecutor. A persecutor to stop persecuting Christians and to now risk being persecuted himself for believing like the very people that he once persecuted. Paul's experience as a converted witness is a perfect example of the message of the cross. Verse 18 says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. How powerful is it to have once been a persecutor of those that believed in Jesus Christ, that believed in the salvation of the crucified, buried, and resurrected Christ, and then to be chosen to share among, the, to share the gospel among the very same people that you once persecuted. To be chosen by the very one that you ridiculed and persecuted others for following. Something about that just warms my soul and brings a smile to my face. I think it's the knowing that God knows each of us and has a plan for every one of us. We just have to be willing to participate in his plan. And part of that plan is believing in the message of the cross. So here we are with Paul writing a letter to the church at Corinth. A letter to remind them that their human wisdom is not greater than God's wisdom. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are. doesn't matter where you studied, how many degrees you have. You may even be smarter than a fifth grader, but you are not smarter than God. Y'all didn't watch that show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Okay, I'm just asking. There is no way that we will figure it all out. Faith is a great mystery. With our va- with our vivid imaginations, can you picture the times of Paul talking to new Christians about not knowing everything? Even with the great philosophers of the time, and here we are in 2024 with technologies that were not even dreamed of or even imagined over 2,000 years ago, and we still do not know everything. We know more and have better understandings and have better understanding of some things now than we did then, and yet we still say the sun, co- the sun comes up, the sun goes down, even though most of us know that the sun doesn't move. We knew that, right? Okay. Right. <laughs> That's where I'm going next. Everyone thought that the earth was flat and that if you sail far enough out on the ocean that you will fall off the end. We've become so self-sufficient and smart as a society that many people think that they've outgrown or are more intelligent than God. Not anybody here, though, but people out there. C.S. Lewis says, there is a difficulty about disagreeing with God. He is the source from which all your reasoning power comes. You could not be right and him be wrong any more than a stream could rise higher than its own source. When you argue against him, you are arguing against the very power that makes you able to argue at all. When people know they can't win an argument with God, they try to win it with us. And then we find ourselves trying to defend God or defend ourselves for believing in God. God doesn't need us to defend him. Some things can't be explained and appear to be foolish to those who have proof or the reason for why something exists. While there is logic and reason for some things, for some things there just is no logic. Yet there are some things that defy logic. There are some things that defy reason. There are some things that you just can't explain. And becoming a Christian is one of those things you have to be willing to do without being able to prove every minute detail, yet alone some big details. For instance, I don't need formal educational attainment to become a Christian. But to become ordained in ministry, to minister to other Christians formally, I needed formal training. Hmm. That's what they told me. God says that I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. So in the Disciples of Christ denomination, to become ordained, one has to attend seminary, write several papers about your calling and beliefs, meet with counsel several times over a three-year period, Though the Mennonite denomination does not require a formal degree, however, it is expected that there is some type of formal training, there is some type of formal training, and a goal towards a master of divinity degree is supported, but it's not required. God is not impressed by our degrees or our levels of educational attainment, whether in ministry or other. He's impressed by our level of faith in who He is, along with our service and obedience to Him. Jesus came to Paul in a vision and didn't ask about his formal seminary training. He told him that he was going to be preaching to the Gentiles. That's it. When God chooses people, he equips them. We just need to show up with willing hearts and willing hands. Paul says there are those who don't believe who call those who do believe in the message of the cross and the salvation foolish. But the reality is they are the ones who are foolish just in the verses prior to today's text when there was some divisiveness i'm going to side with paul even though they think that the message of the cross is foolishness we know that it saves they don't even know that they are perishing the irony is that while there's not going to be enough proof for those who insist on reason and require proof to believe the message of the cross that christ died on the cross for our sins and that the cross is saving those who believe there also won't be enough proof for them to understand that they are perishing and are going to perish eternally without Jesus' death on the cross. There's not enough proof either way. So without enough proof to prove it or disprove it, they, whoever they are, choose not to believe. Every now and then, we encounter folks who begin to see that they are perishing without the work and message of the cross. And when people hit what might be rock bottom, that tends to be when they begin to think about what it just might mean to have Jesus on their side. The thought of life-giving, life-sustaining power on the other side of the earth draws them in. What once seemed like foolishness is not foolish anymore. Paul starts chapter 2 by saying that in spending time with them, it wasn't lofty words or wisdom that he brought with him, but the message of Jesus and Jesus crucified. No new information but just a reminder of why they believe. Friends, just like during Advent, we spend much time talking about the coming of Christ and what to expect upon his arrival. He comes as the Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor, mighty God, and we're excited. During the Lenten season, we talk about the cross and its representation of the resurrection. Sometimes we don't talk about the crucifixion the beating, the blood, the sweat and the tears, the pain and the agony, we tend to separate that visual as we don't want to see our savior that way. The truth is, it's because he took the beatings, his forehead bled, his side was pierced so that we would be able to be free, to be free from the bonds of sin, to be free from internal damnation, to be free to live with him in eternity. A PICTURE OF THE CROSS, THIS TIME THE PICTURE SHOWS THREE CROSSES, THE ONE FOR JESUS AND THE OTHER TWO FOR THE TWO OTHER PEOPLE THAT WERE ALSO CRUCIFIED. THIS TIME I'M NOT GOING TO ASK YOU TO FIND YOURSELF AT THE CROSS, I JUST WANT YOU TO LISTEN TO THE WORDS THAT I'M GOING TO READ AND JUST KEEP YOUR EYES ON THE CROSS. THIS WEEK WHILE I PONDERED THE SCRIPTURE, THERE'S A SONG that they used to sing at church when I was a little girl, called At the Cross. And the words are, alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die. Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my sin rolled away. The burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I had done, he groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. Well might the sun in darkness hide and shut his glories in, when Christ, the mighty maker, died for man, the creature's sin. Thus might I hide my blushing face while his dear cross appears, dissolve my heart in thankfulness, and melt my eyes to tears. But drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away, tis all I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. The message of the cross. Foolishness to those who don't believe. Foolishness to those whose eyes have not been opened yet. Foolishness to those who have not come to the sight and have seen the light. If you've listened to the words of the songs that we sang earlier, all of them were so appropriate for the message at the cross and what all God has done for each and every one of us. He gave us his only son, Jesus, so that our sins might be forgiven. People don't understand it. It's the mystery of faith. They see us. They hear our walk. They they hear our talk, they see the way that we walk, and we're different. We've been called out, and we have been set apart. Something we just can't explain, and something we should not be ashamed of. But yet, we're ridiculed and persecuted just because we believe in something that we can't always explain. May you find yourselves at the cross, being reminded of the Savior's sacrifice for you and for me, so that we might be free. It is in Jesus' name that we pray for all believers to walk and stand unashamed, and for non believers to come to the cross and see the light that guides their path to a heavenly eternity that's waiting for them. Amen.